watching. I've been all in, all about soccer today. Wrong sport. Wrong. Been all about football. So my oh. nephew got me for calling it soccer this morning. He corrected you for calling it soccer. Yeah, I was like, mm, we're in America. It's fine. I meant to say you know where the word soccer comes from, right? I do not, but okay. So like, this is actually a really interesting story. So, um, football is so. The word football and the reason that we use it for American football and all these other reasons is that you play the game on your feet. It's not because you kick the ball. Um, So you play it on your feet and it was distinguished from football was a uh, peasant sport in England where the nobles played their sports on horseback. So we played on our feet as peasants. So how that worked is that almost any sport could be called football. Soccer, as it was known or is still known even today but it just doesn't go by its full name is association football um so association was shortened to sock and soc and then sock became soccer and so like it was invented in england and they called it soccer for a really long time as well as football um but soccer was to distinguish it from rugby and other sports that were also considered football but like soccer became the primary football so like in europe it just became football whereas in the united states we had football and we had association football that we call by the slang term soccer um so that's how we became you know using the word soccer and we're not the only country that uses soccer like i know that like there's this thing it's like americans are the only ones who say soccer but like Almost every country that has another form of football that's popular, like Australia has Australian football, they use soccer. They use the word soccer. Canada uses soccer. Um, Several, several countries around the English speaking world use soccer. And then there are countries that just have their own word for soccer. Like that has nothing to do. It's not football. It's not like the Italians have some word that means to kick. um, And that's like there. It's like Calico or something like that. I can't remember how it goes, but like it starts with a C. Um, but yeah, the Italians have like their own words. So there's like a huge etymology story behind like how we use the word soccer and everything else. It's like a crazy complex history. Now that we're talking about it, didn't you make a tweet on our Hoops Southbound Twitter account? And we got into a big discussion. Now it's, it's all coming back now. Yeah. Yeah. That was during the World Cup. And uh, yeah, trying to raise some interactions and things like that. Like, you know, when the Twitter account was first getting going. Um um, I'll definitely have to school him next Saturday if he decides to try and be a smart aleck at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's football, not soccer. Well, actually. <laughs> well, let me let me little nine year old, let me put you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you why we as Americans are right. <laughs> it's actually like a really funny thing, is like when British people try to correct Americans about the word soccer and they go, Well, you invented the word, so we're just using it. <laughs> like <laughs> don't don't correct us. Like, you know, we'll use our dialects terminology all we want to. And then they get really upset about it, which is just hilarious. Um how just ignoring of history they can be. Which speaking of history, um, that actually is a good segue into the project that we're working on um that breaks down into um, the best schools by every state where we examine all the history. That's gonna be coming up at the end of the show. This is the Hoop Southbound show. My name is David. Hey guys, it's Maddie. And today um, we are talking more transfer portal, uh, more NBA stuff, crazy things that are happening across basketball. It is a typical Saturday in the off season, which we are recording on a Saturday today, even though this episode will be coming out Tuesday morning. Schedule conflicts, things like that. Um, blame me being in school and having a final. David being a good student. Yep, David being a good student. So we may miss some things in between sa- today being Saturday and Tuesday when the show drops. But um, we will if we have any omissions or anything like that, we'll address them at the beginning of next week's show. Um, but the more important thing is that we want to get a show out for you guys this week. So that was that was the important thing I felt anyway, Maddie, um, is getting a show out. And then I could go do some homework um, on what's going to be a very long two weeks of exam time for me i mean my ideology at this point in the year if we miss something we can talk about it the next week because there's not going to be a whole lot of news until probably august september yeah 
it's it's kind of a steady stream right now. We're going to have like, you know, it's it's the transfer portal. It's the NBA draft. It's the foreign tours. And then, you know, we're going to start doing previews for next season. So yeah. like that's that's just where we are. I know it's it, it's it, it's a long flow system right now before we get into all the uh, all the good stuff that's happening. All right. So let's get this. Uh, let's get this week started with the transfer portal. Of course, the big news that came out, it mean it came out right around the same time we were recording last week. And that was news out of Alabama that Jaquan Walton no longer being transferred by the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, I, I wrote this stuff down um, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I'm going to read directly from my notes here because this is a legal issue. So I want to I want to make sure that anything that we got, this is all coming from AL.com. Uh, but this is the story that broke last week. Uh, Jaquan Walton last month announced his train that his, uh, I'm just starting that off horrible. Let me start again. Jaquan Walton last month announced his transfer to the Crimson Tides men basketball team and was arrested in two- Tuscaloosa last weekend. This news came out while he was recording last week, while we were recording last week's episode. Jaquan Walton, 21, was among two people arrested Sunday night while police were investigating a large crowd gathered. Police say they had, Police say he had marijuana in a in a car with a gun. Um, Tuscaloosa police received multiple complaints from residents about a large number of vehicles parked in the parking lots at an apartment complex off the strip, uh, said T- TPD spokeswoman Stephanie Taylor. Officers approached an occupied vehicle in the 400 block of Reed Street at 10, 11 p.m. The officer smelled marijuana and asked the three men in the car to exit the vehicle. Walton, who was the front seat passenger, informed an officer of a loaded firearm under his seat while retrieving the firearm. The officers noticed a rolling tray, a baggie containing approximately 20 grams of marijuana, and a half-rolled blunt in the passenger's side floorboard. Officers located two more loaded guns in the vehicle and another baggie containing 12 grams of marijuana that belonged to the backseat passenger. Harris and Walton were both were both charged with second-degree possession of marijuana and released after after posting a $500 bond. The driver was released with no charges. A little while later, after the incident was came out, um, it was announced Alabama is no longer recruiting Jaquan Walton, and he will not be a student athlete at the University of Alabama, Coach Nate Oates said in a statement that Monday evening after news broke about Walton's arrest. Um, Maddie, I'm gonna we're going to talk about this just kind of in broad strokes here. Um, number one, this is nowhere to the level of what happened with Darius Miles' homicide case. I want to start there. Um, the 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 Harris murder was a tragedy. This is something totally different. Um, the one that, you know, for people who don't know what we're talking about with the Darius Miles, that's the one that people really latched on to without knowing the full story, where Brandon Miller brought a gun. And I'm using air quotes there because I just don't know how, a better way to phrase that. Um, gun in the backseat of the car. Gun was brought to scene. Brandon Miller was involved. Um, but he was not involved in the actual murder or, you know, conspiracy murder or anything like that. He just happened to have the gun. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard to define that in any other way. So I'm just trying to do the best I can uh, to explain that. No, no ill intent toward Brandon there. Um, I can get over, though, this story with Jaquan Walton pretty easy. Uh, suspension, move on in most cases. Dude had a gun. Dude had some weed. I could find a bunch of rednecks in North Arkansas doing the exact same thing. And as long as they're not hurting anybody, most people, you know, are going to be like, okay, we'll, we'll get, we'll get past this. You know, like that's, that's just kind of the case. And no, this is not without knowing the exact specifics, but this is just, as far as I can tell, and just reading this, it, it's a gun and some weed. That's, that's pretty much it. Drugs are bad, but it's weed. Like, it's not like they running around with, 18 kilos of cocaine in the back of the car with intent to distribute. Um, you know, I don't think that's what we're going on here. So I want to emphasize that while this is something crazy that's going on in Alabama, this is nowhere to the extent of that prior incident that involved the basketball team. But this is where I'm going with this. What the hell is going on in Alabama? Like well, my, my two takeaways from this. Um, one, if you are planning or have any relation to the Alabama basketball team stay the hell off of the strip <laughs> like that, that that's the big thing and you know as you're reading that I didn't dig into the details um but I mean 20 grams is is that's a lot of weed no don't get me wrong that's a lot of weed <laughs> so that that would be my only concern as to 
I mean, not what they were doing with it, but how much trouble he could get in. And that like thinking if I was in, you know, upper tier of the Alabama athletic department, that would be where my mind kind of tracked and what could get you in more trouble than they kind of already were in last season. Yeah. It, the optics are terrible, right? Like it, it, it's just how you've got the homicide case. You've got now this, you know, it, it's a string of just events that keep happening surrounding the basketball team. And I, I just, why does it keep happening? What has, who has control? Who's driving this car? Um, it's, it's nuts. My concern is like, you have Nate Oates, who's a great basketball coach, and there's no denying how great of a basketball coach he is on the court. But does, does Nate Oates deserve to continue to coach at Alabama? Like here he is trying to bring in a prospect who immediately gets arrested. And like I said, I know that's nowhere to the same extent of what happened with Darius Miles. Like, I'm not saying that, but like, are, are we going to keep having repeat offenses occurring under, under his leadership? Like, I, I don't have an answer. And if things like this continue to happen, I don't know if Alabama is going to have a choice later on down the road. Yeah. I think his only saving grace here is that he wasn't officially an Alabama athlete. Yes. He had committed at the time, but you know, we still aren't out of the school year of 22, 23. So I think that uh, kind of saved NATO's butt there. Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, but, you know, the the institution knows what's going on. It, we're at, you know, like this, you can't have continue to have repeat offenses or I can't even say repeat offenses because they're not the same thing. But you can't have continued negative publicity under the leadership here without eventually some consequences coming down. So it's going to be one of those things to continue to pay attention to what's going on in Alabama, because if it continues, it's going to be a big question mark down the road. If it stops, maybe we eventually, if, if it stops and things are gained under control, eventually we'll probably all just say, well, this was just an odd time period um, with a lot of unfortunate circumstances and uh, events taking place that should never have occurred. Um, however, the best way to phrase that is, then, you know, I'm searching for words here to kind of say it the best way I can. But, you know, moving on from that, it's, if it continues to happen, it's a problem. If it if it finally stops, um, then I think things will be okay uh, for Nate Oates. But you know, I I don't know what's in his contract. But like, if you have continued negative um, press like this, or you know, uh, questionable legal issues that are happening around the team, I don't know what for cause is in his contract. But um, I, I would imagine that we're floating around that pretty. At uh, we'll float around that at some point. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's talk about the actual transfer portal because obviously Walton's not coming to Alabama. So let's talk about the uh, other transfers that are happening in the, uh, in the SEC. The one that I was the most, actually, I'm going to talk about two today is what I'm going to do. And then we'll move on. Um, and you can talk about whichever ones that kind of piqued your interest. Number one, Darian Ford um, was one that I wanted to kind of bring up. It was odd seeing Darian Ford saying that he was, going to transfer out of Arkansas after previously saying that he was going to stay. And it seemed very heartbreaking and it was just a big crazy moment in the Arkansas. That, that one hurt uh, for, as a Razorback fan, uh, Maddie, what was your kind of your impression when you saw that news break? Yeah, that was kind of my thought. Um, kind of same track there. Just, I, I guess the word there was like disappointed. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the backtrack of, you know, saying he's all in, saying he's staying, um, his, I believe it was his dad. Um, I saw put out several tweets about how he was working to make the Arkansas basketball program better in his training. And then it was like, all of a sudden, no, he's gone. Yeah. It, you know, you saw the videos of him working in the gym every day. Um, he's an Arkansas prospect that came out with this class and, one of the best in the state when it came out. Arkansas basketball is very good, especially for how small this state is right now. Um, so to see one of the best prospects in the state just up and leave the flagship university is very, very odd, uh, especially because South Arkansas, I don't know if you know this, Maddie, South Arkansas has kind of been a recruiting uh, difficult area for Razorback sports in general over the years because LSU has actually done extremely well in that area um, where where um, Ford's from. So it, it, it's, it's kind of concerning to see that all I was thinking when it came out was, well, Arkansas just contracted Trey white. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. 
And then some other news broke. And I think you know the news I'm talking about with that smile right there, if you want to tell everybody what happened. <laughs> I mean, Ron Holland decommitting from Texas was the big one, but also the fact that Eric Musselman seems to be recruiting everybody and their mom to come to Arkansas from Texas. So, but I feel like Ron Holland was was the news that uh, made Darian Ford kind of bounce. Yeah, I think it was too. Um I don't think nothing happens in a bubble, right? Like, or it, it all happens. In, however you want to phrase that. There's no coincidences sometimes in recruiting. It's odd to see, Hey, peace out, bro. Um, We're going to see you later. And then the next day, one of the biggest prospects in this upcoming freshman class is like, I'm not committing to Texas. Oh, by the way, there's an open roster spot at the school. That was my number two or number three school. Um, in recruiting the coach I committed to left so I, I don't have any ties here to Austin anymore so um, I'm gonna go check out this pro- like I think that's exactly what happened Um, so obviously Kentucky fans saw the news and they're like oh yeah uh, we're Ron Holland was interested in Kentucky too so I think it'll be an open recruitment between Arkansas and Kentucky like that'll be a that'll be a battleground but right now you can't tell me that there's not some coincidence, especially when you can add to the fact that Anthony Brown knows Ron Holland pretty well, or not Anthony, Anthony Brown, Anthony Black knows Ron Holland pretty well. Why the heck? wrong color? Um, <laughs> going to call him Anthony Blue next. Like, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Anthony Black, um, we know that he went and he played um, basketball. Was there a famous athlete named Ron Brown or something like that, or a politician or something? I wonder if that's how that got messed up in my head. Like there has to be like a famous Ron Brown. That happened. Do what? I'm not really sure how that happened. I was just going to roll with it. I knew what you were talking about. I'm more tripped up about the fact right now that I said that. And I don't know why, like there has to be like a famous (laughs) person or something um, to make me go, Oh yeah. You know, like and just cross up their names and come up with something completely incorrect. Anyway, Anthony Black, really good friends with Ron Holland, uh, immediately was on his Twitter like, hey, hit me up, Ronald. Um, you know, so. Yeah. He had some very cryptic uh, Instagram stories as well as tweets. So, you know, I uh, feel good about having Anthony Black on the uh, hog side for that one. Yeah, I know, right? Um, very interesting connection. Um, it'll be It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, I don't think Kentucky's out of the mix, but I think Kentucky has a lot of pieces right now. So if Holland's concern is also, I want to make sure I get my maximize my playing time, I think he'll get more playing time at Arkansas than he will Kentucky. And then additionally, NIL is going to be a concern. No offense to Kentucky, there's a lot of NIL money flowing in and out of Arkansas these days. Um, very much Arkansas trying to be a leader in NIL. So it's it'll be interesting to see if what what factors he's looking for. Um, what Kentucky does have is of course Cal and a team that's going to be a legitimate national championship threat, uh, next season, very possible, a national championship threat. So that, that might be in his consideration as well, but we'll, we'll see where Ron Holland makes his uh, final determination. Um, one of the big things, um, I noticed on that front, I saw today a way too early 2024 draft board and noticed several names with. You, the the big UK logo out beside him. Um, Ron Hollins is still a big question mark, but that was my first thought is, you know, you have several potential draft picks already in Kentucky. Um, so to me, that's a fight for playing time, even if you are the number one recruit in the nation. Yeah, I, I definitely. So Ron Brown um, was a politician who was under Bill Clinton. Um, and uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was also, yeah, he was, he worked in DC under the Clinton administration. No idea if that's where that got caught in my brain or not, but you know, um, random, but I'm a history minor. Maybe, maybe I knew that for some reason for the nineties and that's a name that's dormant in my head somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> this is that it that's an Arkansan. Bill Clinton, prominent politician around these Bill parts. Clinton, Bill Clinton, you know, <laughs> Bill Clinton, Arkansas, Anthony Black, Ron. Hugs, <laughs> hugs by 90. Hugs by 90. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> How the heck that got? Uh, that's just, that's so weird. Anyway, Ron Ronald's, uh, Ron Holland situation. Um, very, 
Very odd. You know what's sad though? The image that's popping in my head is every time I say the word Ron is I think of um, Ron Howard. I was thinking Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy's good. Uh, but yeah, no, I was thinking of Opie. Like, <laughs> in the back of my head is I'm thinking about Mayberry over here in the Andy Griffith show. So um, I don't know anymore. Like it says, it's a Saturday. This is not our normal day of talking basketball. So who knows about crazy. We're just all over the place oh, today. It's fine. Do what? So we're just kind of all over the place today. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so far, no news though on uh, for some other teams like on Hunter Dickinson. There's no update right there right now. Um, I do think Darian Ford's going to end up at a pretty good basketball team. We'll see who ends up taking him. I imagine it'll be somebody regional, um, but I don't know if it'll necessarily be an SEC team. I, it would not surprise me to go see him play somewhere in like the Big Twelve uh, for Texas Tech or somewhere like that. We'll have to see what roster spots are open for Darian Ford um in the coming future uh the next prospect i wanted to talk about was the one in another texas connection as they kind of flow together here uh was chris beard just picked up a very 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 tall man to be on the Ole Miss rebels this season and of course i am talking about jamarian sharp seven foot five 225 pounds i wonder what position he plays maddie Oh, I mean, he's definitely running point. He's run point, bro. Like I'm telling you, that's a big, big man. Um, I mean, three steps, he's down the court. Like how much more efficient of a point guard could you get? <laughs> very, very big guy out of Western Kentucky. Uh, last season averaged 7.4 points a game, 7.7 rebounds a game. This guy is not too far from averaging a double-double a game and four blocks a game. Uh, he is a rim protector um, big guy thing is the only thing that I think he's got really holding back is that yeah he may be 225 but he's seven foot five that's a that's a lot of weight being um, dispersed across that entire body uh, may have a little bit of a Connor Nolan or not Connor Nolan see this is what I'm talking about my names are just getting messed up Connor Vanover um, vibe there a little bit a little bit on the lighter side for a big dude yeah I, I see Chris Beard Beefing him up a little bit, make those seven point seven chicken baby screwed up to double double it <laughs> double digits. Yeah, uh, I, I I can agree with that. He needs to add a little bit of weight. Uh, the Zaxby's chicken joke was something that we made would joke we made about Connor Vanover. I think we told I talked to you about this. Is like, yo, Connor, you need to go to like Zaxby's and just go get the uh, five finger plate every day breakfast, lunch, and dinner, bro. Like, just eat all those calories, any weight you could put on is on. Uh, yeah. The, put him the on snacks, the diet. Snacks meals in between. <laughs> Gets, go get go put that kick and chicken diet on, bro. It's it, it it'll put some weight on you. Um, yeah, no, big dude, big rebounding factor. Uh, something that Ole Miss desperately needs. Um, they needed it last year. They need it for this season. Um, you know, there's no seven footers on this uh, Ole Miss team, and the uh, Theo Theo was is was out of eligibility when Chris Beard got here, but that was your big center. Now you've got a replacement and an even bigger center um, coming in, almost six inches taller. Um, so you got a big man coming in to help your team out next season. A lot of rebounds, a lot of points if you can hurl it up to him. Uh, good basketball player, Western Kentucky, very good basketball team uh, last season. So it'll be it'll be a helpful piece uh, for Chris Beards. And uh, I, I mean, we finally see movement out of Ole Miss. You know. That's something that we haven't seen on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, now that a bunch of these schools are starting to button up their um, their rosters and have fewer spots left open, um, we're going to start seeing a little bit more movement in those smaller schools like Ole Miss. We'll see some, I think, in Georgia as well. And hopefully um, for Jerry Stackhouse's case, we see a few in Vanderbilt too. Yep. Clock's running out. You got – so let's see, today's the 29th. Uh, you got 12 days left, really. Uh, 12, 13 days left, depending on how you calculate that, until May 11th when this thing is going to get closed down. Um, but clock's ticking. So, you know, these these schools that still have a lot of spots open, they need to make something happen here pretty quickly. All right, um, Maddie, is there any recruits, uh, recruiting new or transfer news uh, that you want to throw in today? So one of my one of the things that I noticed, um, you know, us being Hogs fans, I don't know if you had retweeted it or if I just saw it on Twitter. Um, somebody that is a fellow Hogs fan had tweeted a kind of interesting spin on uh, Darian Ford and Barry Dunning Jr. that the only 
picture left on their account, like confirming people saying was Jalen Graham. So I was like, I wonder if either that was like deleted before they announced that they were transferring or if they knew they weren't staying. I don't, I, I don't know. That's thought it was interesting. It's definitely cryptic. Um, of course, Nick Smith deleted a bunch of pictures off his Instagram. I don't know what these athletes are doing with their uh, with their Instagrams and everything these days. It's just it's kind of like, um, you know, rabbit ears kind of like a sense of danger, um, you know, something like that. Like, you know, something's going on. And so they just start deleting things. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what these kids are doing. They're they're following too much of the Kevin Durant formula and freaking out about nothing. <laughs> Well, no, so that was for the, like, official, like, Hogs, like, Razorbacks men's basketball account. Like, oh, okay. They still had up was of Jalen Graham. It's interesting. Same. Interesting. We'll see what the roster turnover's like. Um, it's definitely chaos right now. Um, we're definitely going to have to wait to see if, you know, Jordan Walsh or Devo Davis come back. I, I, I do think Devo's coming back. I think Jordan's probably going into the draft. Those are my assumptions. I, I I don't think there's a better route for Debo Davis. I think he's going to have to come back. Yeah, Otherwise, I think unless I think the only thing that um, Debo being Debo, as much as I love him, um, yeah. I could see it being an ego thing where he's like, no, like I'm too good to keep playing college basketball. Which I feel like as much as he loves Arkansas, that wouldn't be a. I don't an think issue. that's the case. But um, I can see him play overseas if you know the draft doesn't work out. But I I think he comes back. I think he makes enough in NIL money uh, here at Arkansas. Uh, I don't know the specifics of his contract. I'd have to go ask some friends about that. But I I would imagine he makes decent enough money in the NIL to stay here in Arkansas for another year rather than go and play in the G League or in Europe. Uh, so those are just my initial impressions. I would rather go play. If I had a year left of eligibility, personally, I'd rather go back and play a year of meaningful basketball in college um, instead of a year in the G League. That's me personally. Um, now, if I was being drafted first or second round, I'm going like that's just my thoughts, because give me that paycheck. Um, th those are those are my opinions. But if you're just going to end up on a G League team, not knowing if you're ever going to make that movement up and, you know, your destiny might lie over in France. Give me another year of playing in front of big crowds in, uh, in the SEC, especially in the age of NIL money. So that's just especially when I got a coach who knows the NBA um, and it can help me develop. Um and give me everything that I've learned through the combine. So that's part of my impression of what's going on. Yeah. I feel like that's a solid, solid point for, for Devo. Yep. I think that'll be closer to the case. All right. So a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, there is a recruiting battle that is lighting up right now uh, here in the SEC for the transfer portal. And that is for Matthew Cleveland out of Florida State. Uh, right now, this is going to be a competitive one. His NIL value is 228K, according to On3. And there is about a 38.1% chance that he's headed to Auburn. Uh, small forward, a very good basketball player. But the other team who's also on the list here is with a 33% chance, according to On3, are the Missouri Tigers. So that's a player to pay deep attention to to see where Matthew Cleveland ends up. Uh, in the next couple of days and what decision he should make. Uh, also scrolling down the list here, there's uh, also, we're still waiting to hear if Joseph Girard, uh, if he's going to be headed for Clemson or LSU, those are still very much in the works. Uh, very big conversation about the possibility of where he's going to go, which Tiger's best. Uh, and then also we still have not heard from David Jones yet, or we have not heard uh, from the Oklahoma state process, uh, the Oklahoma State player, Messiah Cease, um, he's still undecided right now, according to On3. It's it's kind of crazy right now. There's some good players still out there, still waiting for the response, but eventually we're going to see where they end up. So sit back, wait, see what the portal does. Yep, and, you know, like you said, we're, we're getting close to closing time uh, when it comes to the portal. I think it'll be interesting to see if anybody, you know, kind of reverts back, jumps ship from the NBA draft, um, the the many that are testing the waters and seeing how, you know, if that happens sooner rather than later, what the transfer portal does in the last few days. We are, believe it or not, one next week's episode will be our last episode before the portal closes. Yep. Like the, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about the final results. 
this week we're just talking about the stone wall that we're you know is coming up um and it's it's approaching fast uh so we're we're not too far away from closing shop on the transport portal it's going to be happening here very very soon all right when we come back we've got a lot more to talk about today of course um we got some news that auburn has made an announcement on who they're going to be playing next season uh and then additionally we know you've seen it auburn fans um we we're very aware um we're going to be talking about the project that uh, we've been working on here in the off season where we're ranking the best basketball schools regardless of division uh in each and every state and this week we are of course looking at the state of alabama we'll explain the methodology how that all worked out and how we came up with the results that we've been looking at um and then we'll tell you who the what the list is right after the break let's be honest you're here because you love sports we love sports too and our friends over at Row One Brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to one, rowonebrand.com to check out their great inventory. And we use the promo code DSP15 you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code VSP15 for 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Low Run Brands, America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts. All right, and welcome back. And this will probably be the last couple of minutes that we have Auburn fans' attention who are listening to the show this week, unless they just want to actually listen to the project. I'm telling you it's worth it. There's more to it than what you just see on Twitter and telling us that we don't know basketball. We see it. We know. We know what's going on. Also, as always, please go out and support our sponsors. Um, I need cable for next season. I need cable uh, for next season so I can continue to watch basketball. All right, Maddie. Speaking of the Auburn Tigers, we now know one of the matchups for the SEC Big Ten Showdown, uh, and it's going to be scheduled in Atlanta. Um, the Auburn Tigers, uh, they are set to play Indiana in Atlanta for the uh, for the showdown. And Auburn was knocked a season ago for not playing a competitive non-conference schedule, but here they are playing a tournament team from last year in the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, I think this is a pretty good matchup for Auburn and one that I'm definitely excited about. Uh, Indiana, very, very good team. What are your thoughts for the uh, Hoosiers right now? I think it'll be an exciting matchup. I think for both fan bases, um, some somebody with a little notoriety to kind of kick the season off. Um, the the one thing I kind of question is why Atlanta. Um, but definitely more of a home court advantage yeah. for Auburn, isn't it? I was about to say not too far from Auburn at all. Um, Indiana, they've they've got a little further of a trek, but with a historic school like that and a big city like Atlanta, they'll they'll definitely have some people show up. But um, it should be a fun game, fun matchup, and a fun city. Right, uh, yeah. So one first thing I want to omit that it's not a big it's it's a showdown between teams. This is not an SEC Big Ten showdown. Let me omit that I misspoke there. Again, it's Saturday, and I feel a little weird. This is not when we normally talk hoops together. Um. So anyway, I would think though that. Yeah, Atlanta is not necessarily a true neutral site, but one of the cool things about Atlanta is that it's a major airport hub, uh, especially for Delta Airlines. So you can get flights to Atlanta for a pretty reasonable price. Um, so I imagine if you're flying out of Indianapolis uh, down to uh, Atlanta, it's not a horrible uh, price to make that flight, especially if you got like reward points with Delta or something like that. Um but yeah, no, it definitely favors the car driving folks um, from the planes to get to Atlanta pretty easily um, over there. I've, I've been been to both locations, and that's not a hard drive uh, between, you know, going through Columbus and everything else up to Atlanta um, when you make that trek from Auburn. I used to have buddies when I was in Fort Benning uh, make the trip over to Auburn on a regular basis, um, and then the next week can go to Atlanta. So it, it's not hard to make that trek in the least bit. So I expect a lot of Tiger fans to show up to Atlanta. But like last year, Auburn's biggest game in the offseason was probably the USC Trojans. They also took on Washington, who wasn't that great. They played in the Cancun lack of challenge, as we mentioned. Um, but this year's schedules, you know, adding Indiana is a good basketball team and, and a team that it's reasonable for Auburn to get a good matchup in. So with this combined with whoever they draw in the ACC uh, SEC challenge, probably sets them up with a little bit a little bit of a decent start to their uh, non-conference schedule for next year. 
Yeah, I'm really liking that uh, some other SEC teams are starting to kind of beef up that schedule before we get started. Um, I think you're looking at a lot more competitiveness out of teams we may not usually see at the start of the season because they have kind of taken the steps to prepare for more higher caliber SEC play. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, so in the future, Auburn's actually going to be headed to Miami uh, here in the next couple of years, and that's going to be exciting. So we're definitely going to see an upswing in Auburn's basketball scheduling here in the next couple of seasons. So that's um, that's really good news see the uh, the program starting to thrive from where they're at. All right, let's talk about this because I I know for a fact that Auburn fans are going to have opinions on things. Um, given the fact that, you know, we made this state-by-state system. All right, so let's let's just start explaining what this is. So this summer, I'm taking on this project, and uh, the project is to rate the best basketball teams or the best basketball programs state by state in an SEC state. So that includes also Oklahoma, uh, because we're going to have to rate Texas anyway. So we decided to go ahead and add Oklahoma into the mix uh, as a future SEC team is what it is. What this project is trying to do is trying to more or less cut through and find the way that this whole thing is built. My, my goals are pretty, they're not, they're not bad. Like they're, my intention is not to make you mad about your team or anything like that. Rather the goals of this project, we want fans to not read into this as a controversy or a way for the, of us just stirring the pot, but rather an opportunity to learn about some of the extraordinary programs in your state. That's, that's the goal here. Uh, we want we understand for fans from larger teams, we know that simply stating a small team has performed better overall won't change your opinion or pride of your own program. And, and it shouldn't. There's no good reason that that should change that. But this well, rather we want you to take this as an, a chance to learn about the smaller programs that you could be potentially a fan of in your own home state. So in other words, don't get butt hurt about this list. Like th- that's there's nothing there's nothing in this list that you should get butt hurt over um that's that's part of it take this as a chance to learn about these programs take this as a chance to be a local and also when i thought about this this shouldn't be that controversial um for a lot of people they're smaller they're they're alumni of smaller schools that have very good basketball programs but they're fans of the bigger teams um you know here in arkansas you know i have a brother who goes to arkansas tech um maddie you went to ufus um you know Razorback fans. Well, actually, my brother's a Texas fan, but you know, I'm just using that as an example. You're fans of a school, oftentimes of the bigger schools that are outside your own school. Uh, when you go to a Division two or Division three team, there's no harm in the reverse being true and to appreciate what another program has accomplished. Um, so that's part of the goal here is to highlight those teams and to bring a little bit more about and a little bit more understanding of what these teams have accomplished, um, why you should appreciate them in your own area. Um, you know, it's, that's part of the goal. So what are the factors that we're looking at? Well, we have two factors list. Uh, the first is the graded factors, which we're going to be looking at when we busted into the record books and everything. We looked at the national championships, uh, NCAA tournament performance, um, regular season conference titles, all-time record and their in your school's winning percentage, conference tournament, tournament titles, NBA first round picks, NBA players all time. All Americans, individual awards, and the founding year of your program. These points are set strictly on a number of point system. Like there is a set point for each of these categories. Um, they go down this tier list one through ten. That's not their point values, but as they as you keep going down each factor, it decreases. But they each have the potential to be unlimited. So if you won ten national championships, you're going to get the reward of ten national championships. If you have five million All Americans, you're going to get the points. We're having 5 million All-Americans. The only one that's capped points-wise is the 10th category, and that is the founding year of your program. Um, That's only rewarded to one school, and they get an additional point for being the founding team of your program on our methodology list. So outside of that, we also have the X factors. The X factors, these have no set points, but I have capped them at 100 points at the maximum after they're all tabulated. When we look at this list, this is the X factors that we're looking for. 
uh, contributions to basketball history, contributions to college basketball history, contributions to your state's basketball history, the fan following, and then player slash alumni contribution to basketball. Um, this would be uh, something like, for instance, Charles Barkley for Auburn, um, multi-time um, gold medal winner. That's a massive contribution to the international basketball scene. Uh, for UAB, there he had a head coach who has had impact outside of his own state um, in the Missouri high school basketball ranks and was the was the head coach of the uh, national Puerto Rican team. Uh, so there's there's different factors to look at it at different ways. And like I said, these don't have a set amount of points, and that goes in our weighted category. And that's how we're putting this all together right this might be a long-winded way of saying all of this but uh I, that's who i am and i want to give like a decent explanation of how we're doing this how we're looking at it so it's it is what it is everybody breathe uh but i want to take a moment and explain that list all right let's go through them one by one maddie first i want to talk about some no honorable mentions on the list i did not put honorable mentions on here just because they're like six seven eight on the list or anything like that these were things that i found that were interesting or um they they deserved a mention for some of their accomplishments and so on and so forth so our first honorable mention are is i have the troy trojans the troy trojans um actually have the all-time record for winning the highest scoring basketball game in college basketball history um they scored over 200 points in that basketball game and their scoreboard was unable to keep up with the points. It malfunctioned because they did not know how to process points going over 200 points. Could you imagine that in a modern basketball game? That sounds absolutely wild. It's like, do, do you, as a fan, do you stay at that point or do you leave? Cause you know how it's going to end. Like, <laughs> well, it, I mean, both teams scored in tri triple digits. Um, yeah. The one one forty eight was the, other team, something along those lines. Something along those lines. It was against DeVry University, which yeah. um I always knew was an online school. Um, Same. That's, I was like, they had a basketball team. But DeVry University has a basketball team. Wow. <laughs> um, another honorable mention I wanted to mention was um, Birmingham Southern. Now I I failed to mention this, and I should have mentioned in the explanation scene. There are a couple of things that should be noted and why I consider this a draft project currently and not a final results project is because there's a lot of information out there that was very hard to get a, get my hands on. Um, so with Birmingham Southern, they have two national championships in NAIA basketball, but getting the hold of the rest of their record book is very, very difficult um, and is kind of a pain in the rear end. Uh, to go find or even try to navigate. Then I, I wanted to make a note of that. There's some local knowledge out there that people who live in areas might be a little bit more familiar with. Um, so like for me and you, um, for me and you living in Arkansas, we know the relationship between UFIS and the University of Arkansas and building that basketball program. And then also like with some of these record books and how poorly kept they are, sometimes it's really hard to put this information together and actually figure out the actual point total because there are schools out there who have admitted histories when they change names, or there are schools out there that I had to call and be like, Hey, I'm having a really difficult time navigating your record book. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, we haven't updated it in a while here. Get a hold of our, get a hold of our coach. Um, he's on a fishing trip, but he's been here for like 20 years. So he's pretty well versed in the history. I'm not kidding. Um, that's, that's kind of one of the responses I got from one of the schools. So anyway, Birmingham Southern had a very difficult record book to look at, but two national championships and they play in division three basketball, even tried to go up to division one at one point. So very interesting history, uh, for Birmingham, Birmingham Southern. Hopefully that'll be a school when I do the final draft of this project, I get a chance to actually look at their record book a little harder. And then the final school, I just wanted to throw out there because I thought this was fun um southern alabama or south alabama south mm -hmm. alabama also made our list of the honorable mentions um not for any particular reason other than you know bill musselman happened to coach that team and as razorback fans i found that sort of interesting maddie any thoughts on the uh honorable mentions i mean some solid stuff definitely things that i would have never known um if 
we didn't do what I am now officially calling David's nerding out on basketball project. <laughs> it's officially known as my nerding out on basketball projects. Yeah, it's 100%. You can, you can call it what you want, but that, that is what I'm going to call it. It's David's nerding out on basketball project. All right. Okay. I got it. I got it. All right. So looking at the top five, all right, we're going to go through five and four here, take a commercial break, and then we'll go through three, two, and one. Yeah, hold on, Auburn fans. We'll get to you eventually. The number five team that we had on our list with a score of 146.5 um, was the UAB Blazers. Yeah. I, I saw a comment on Twitter that was like, yo, how is UAB the number five team? Well, here's why. Very high winning percentage. They have the 30th amongst uh, NCAA Division I teams with teams with at least 40 seasons. So they have an outstanding win percentage. Um, they have had 12 combined conference titles, and they have never had a coach in school history with a losing record. It's never happened. Um, for as young as this program is, they have been absolutely dominant out the gate. Uh, with their program, it's it's outstanding. And then, as I mentioned, as one of their factors, uh, the Puerto Rican national team and Missouri high school coaching connections that they've had through their uh, for their team, it's it's been a great contribution to basketball, both inside and outside of UAB. And then, additionally, several of their coaches have been spread across the SEC after leaving. You might remember one of those names as Razorback fans, uh, Mike Anderson, coached at UAB. Uh, you know, there have been other coaches as well. UAB, very strong, strong history. Uh, so I ended up giving them a weighted total of 40 um, on their points consideration. And then their raw score came out to 106.5, giving them the grand total of 146.5 points. Uh, the next team we have on our list was kind of probably our most controversial team. And I know Auburn fans are going to be like, we're the most controversial team. No, 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 no. Let me let me tell you why this is the most controversial team. Um, Alabama A&M in modern terms, has not been an elite program by any means. But you would be shocked if you opened their record book and went back in time to find how good this program was going back into their history. You're talking about a team with a 70-year history, and a lot of us are fairly ignorant to it. Um, if you go through, this is a team that has won their conference 11 times, 10 conference titles, and four elite eights uh, in their past. Um, additionally, they are the team with the most conference titles out of the state of Alabama, who is a traditional HBCU. Uh, very, very interesting history coming out of Alabama a and um, Yeah, I, I was thinking to myself that it would end up being Alabama State or Southern Alabama would be the team that I thought would be in there. By the way, another fun fact, um, Alabama State, two chains played basketball there. Stop. Yeah, the rapper two chains. That is basketball. awesome. I, yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. That's my favorite fact so far. Yeah, no, we were sitting there drinking, uh, drinking beer the other night. I was talking to my friends about the project and, um, you know, we're going on and I was like, thing I learned today, two chains played basketball at Alabama state. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know everyone's like, why'd you stop talking about Alabama? Yeah. Two chains played basketball at Alabama state. Let's not ignore that fact. That's awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Play basketball, Alabama state. But anyway, um, really interesting history for Alabama A&M uh, when you look back at the past. Um, obviously today, Alabama A&M nowhere in the conversation as the very elite of the elite of the elite anymore. But when you look, if we're talking about a purely historic basis, it's really interesting. This is a really good team that deserves to be in the top five in Alabama's history uh, when it comes to college basketball. Um, and they also have a pretty good record book uh, actually kept up for them overall. Uh, historically, though, and today their winning percentage is down. Um, that's why initially when I saw the data, was doing the data collection, I didn't think the points were going to mount. But they've also had several NBA players that have helped mm -hmm. them out uh, to raise that point up. And it was good enough to put themselves in fourth uh, for our methodology. All right, let's take a quick break. And then Auburn fans, I'm going to answer how you ended up in third. Everybody calm down, take a deep breath. We'll be right back. You know what I like? I like to be comfortable. I also love representing my favorite sports teams. And in the clutch, I am able to have the best of both worlds. In the Clutch Apparel is your one-stop shop for all things sports. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams and players from the NHL, MLB, NFL, and more. They have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond. Check out their full website in the link down below. When you enter the promo code Variety Sports, you get 10% off everything site-wide. 
feel comfortable with their sports apparel and go over to their website now at endtheclutch.com. And don't forget to use our code Variety Sports to get 10% off. I'm definitely using that as a talking point at dinner. <laughs> Two chains like basketball in Alabama State. <laughs> the best thing that I learned this week, it'll be pissed because my boss is going to be there too. He's going to be like, that's what you've learned this week? I'm like, yeah. Here's here's some of the notes on him. Um <laughs> He was a tough matchup. He was six foot five, six six perimeter player. He didn't play inside at all. He could handle the ball very well, pass the ball very well. He was kind of a slippery guy. The little guy couldn't guard him, and the big guys couldn't stay with him. <laughs> I love awesome. this. I absolutely love these notes. Um, another note: he was such a good dribbler. All the fancy moves and the street ball moves, like they were doing, like they're doing now, he was doing seventeen years ago. Um, two chains, two chains can hoops can hoop everybody. Um. Cool, cool story. As always, please go out and support our sponsors. Let's get back to the list here. Um, Maddie and I are having a lot of fun with uh, two chains playing mm-hmm. basketball at Al- Alabama State. Um, I just found out today he has a TikTok and he makes TikToks with his son. That's pretty awesome. I like two chains. If you, if you need some like fun entertainment, like his son is hilarious. Like I think his son might be a better celebrity than him. He was talking about how he sneaks in his dad's room and steals his cologne. So he goes to school and the teachers tell him he smells good. <laughs> That's awesome. He's going to watch out for that one. This kid, the kid's got game. The kid's got game. All right. Let's talk about the Auburn Tigers ending up at third with a raw score of 180.4 and a weighted total of 40. I actually gave them a pretty good historic mark uh, for their weighted total and their X factors. Uh, coming out to a score of 220.4. Look, it is not that Auburn is a bad basketball team. Uh, Auburn is a has got a pretty decent history. And by the way, I love the meme about blue blood. And but like Alabama, Auburn fans, you got to understand when I'm playing it back at you. I'm going blue blood question mark. It's to make you react. So <laughs> it's the same way that you guys use it. Is that like oh we're blue bloods? You're really just out there trying to make everybody mad. But like you guys get mad when someone throws it back at you. I don't get it. Um, but anyway. Auburn, pretty good history. Seven combined conference titles. They're the only Alabama school with the D1 Final Four. They have had 10 first-round picks, uh, and they are the oldest, at least as far as I can find in the record books, the oldest program in Alabama when it comes to basketball. Um, Very, very interesting out of the Auburn Tigers. They do, of course, have two-time Olympic gold medalists. As an alumni, Charles, Sir Chuck, Sir Charles Barkley. Um, Yeah. Also played on the Dream Team. That's a massive contribution to international basketball, and which I counted into their X factors. And then, additionally, before the SEC was founded, Auburn won a champ conference title in basketball. Maddie, any guess what conference that was? I'm assuming it's something Southern. Well, yes, it is something Southern. It is the Southern Conference, the SoCon, um, as it is referred to as today, with teams such as UNC Greensboro. Um, also I believe who else is in the SoCon? I think Furman might be in the SoCon. Um, SoCon, pretty good, pretty good conference still today for a mid-major, low-end mid-major conference. But of course, Auburn back in the day was playing in that conference before they joined the SEC. Um, so they do have one title predating the history of the SEC. It's a solid history. It really is. They were the first team that we had on our list to crack 200, um, with the weighted score. Um, and they deserve, they, they deserve to be in the top three. Um, their just, history is just simply not deep enough compared to the teams that are above them um, in comparison when looking at them to go further than third. And, it, you know, I think Bruce Pearl's got a great handle on the program. They're going to do great things in the future. But as of right now, the history, when you look at the book overall, is not in the same ballpark as our number one team. So it's you got to understand the number one team is one of the one of the best teams at their division in basketball. I'll- I'll be honest, when I looked at um, who we have as our number one, just their list of accolades, I jaw-dropping. I had no clue. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And they're a Division One team now, so everybody looks at them. You know, Auburn can beat that team. They have no problem beating that team. Okay. But his, their history, absolutely insane. Uh, absolutely insane history for where they were at level-wise uh, just a few years ago. All right, so the number two team we have on the list is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Big thing that Alabama had that weighted their point total was the 60% all-time win percentage. 
which we took into consideration. They have an outstanding basketball history when it comes to just simply winning basketball games. Uh, very impressive then. They've also had 17 NBA first round picks and 21 combined SEC regular season and tournament titles. Um, it, it's a pretty interesting list. Um, Auburn's, Auburn's good. Alabama's got some pretty incredible accolades um, when you look at their history. Uh, and that gave them enough for a raw score of 248.5 points uh, when we when did the math on them. Some of the X factors, though. This sounds cool. The Primo Peretta National Champions of 1930. Alabama has never been to a Final Four. That needs to be noted. And Alabama has never won a national championship. But they have won a Primo Peretta National Championship in 1930. What the heck is that? Well, I had to look that up and find out exactly what it meant. It's basically the same thing if you win a Kim Palm National Championship these days. You just happen to be the number one team on this computer list system um, in Kim Palm. Primo was such the same way. They scored them out on a points total, and they were like, this is your national champion. There are no tournament involved, just these are the national champions because thus the math saith so. Um, you know? Musically speaking, they are the best. Yeah, no, and they won it in 1930. I think that's an interesting era of basketball when you consider that. Pre-World War II, we were trying to figure out something like Kim Palm, more or less, uh, to tabulate these teams. I thought it was kind of interesting. I'd have to dive more into that to explain it, um, but like just my brief reading, that's kind of what it was. It was kind of a pole championship. Um, so, you know, the same way that Alabama has so many national championships prior to the bowl era, um, or that, you know, when we claim national champions before the bowl games, um, the AP used to declare the national champion of football. It's the same kind of thing. There just yeah. was no postseason to declare them the national champion, or there was a postseason, but they declared it beforehand. Um, so they were like, Alabama's number one. They win national champs. I guess that's kind of like being the number one overall seed in the in the NCAA tournament and then not winning the NCAA tournament. So I uh oh wait, that happened this year too. Anyway, um, but yeah, you important to note that this mm-hmm. basketball program has also gotten better and better uh through the past several decades. Um, and there's going to be a Kentucky tie, not for Kentucky itself, but for uh, the history of Alabama and the state of Kentucky. That's going to come up when we do the Kentucky one uh, with Transylvania is the name of the university there. Alabama had a player or when Bear Bryant became the athletic director at Alabama, he reached out to Adolph Rupp and got a recommendation on who they should hire as their new head basketball coach. That basketball coach came from Transylvania, uh, another school in Kentucky really changed the course of Alabama's program. So that'll be definitely weighed uh, in the X factors when we come up to them. But grand total for Alabama and their score was 278.5. Maddie, I know you've seen who the number one team is, but what is your surprise story like so far out of this list? Other than the number one team? Other than the number one team. And other than two chains being a basketball player at a university, two chains. <laughs> Come on, like this is fun. Come on, this is this is this a fun is, way to look at this. This is great. I love it. Um, I was a little shocked. I thought UAB would be a little bit higher. Um, I was too. I thought UAB was going to be stronger, also. Yeah, I thought it before. Um, but you know, after um everything that you showed me on Alabama A and M. I, I took took the L, took the L for UAB. I think there's some argument there, but there's a lot of history about like, how do you factor certain things, I think. Um, and there's there's just some things that we don't, we don't know how to quantify that. So you got to use your best judgment if you're going to make it, try to turn it into a point value, because there's no way to just sit there and tabulate certain topics. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, so for a school like Alabama A&M, it's a really interesting history. Um, mm-hmm. So that weighed heavily in their favor, but UAB, still a pretty good program, especially for how young their program is. Um, it's not that old. Uh, so it, it's an, it's such an interesting team and just how successful that program has been. Um, so, but yeah, no, I was with you when I ran the numbers, I was like, yo, I expected UAB to be third or fourth. Um, yeah. did not expect um, them to be five. Out of, out of the schools that I was able to do research on UAB was the first one that I looked at and, you know, the fact that they never had a season under 500, as you mentioned, I was like, well, they're they're going to be higher on the list than everyone expected. Never had a coach under 500. Yeah. Yep. They've yep. also upset some major, major teams as well throughout their history, which was yep. one of the more fascinating ones. All right. So our number one team, I know people were like, 
All right, who the heck do you have as number one? Because like clearly the two schools, I think for most, by the way, I think for most SEC states, the flagship school is going to be the number one team or one of the SEC teams are going to be the number one team. I think there's a couple like Arkansas, Kentucky, and Florida. Um, I think those teams are probably going to end up being the number one in their states. However, certain states like Tennessee, Alabama, and some others, there's going to be some surprises on who's going to be the number one team, um, which I haven't ran the numbers for Tennessee yet. I'm guessing on Tennessee. Like, I, there's a school I have in mind that I think is going to pop up very close to the top, but we'll see how it goes. All right. So here are here's our number one. In first place, we have the North Alabama Lions. This is a Division One school now. It is no longer a Division One, but the North Alabama Lions are two-time national champions in Division Two. They have the most Final Four appearances from any team in Alabama, and they have a 12 combined conference titles. Uh, they're X-Factors. They did make a jump to Division One in 2012, and they have now made the postseason, not the NCAA tournament, but another tournament within five years of making that jump. So you have sustained success on two different levels uh, for the Lions. I'm not saying the Lions are going to go win a national championship in the NCAA tournament the next couple of years, but this is a prominent program. And when we ran the numbers, when we concluded all their All-Americans, all their conference titles, all their players of the years, coaches of the years, um, and weighed some additional facts into their history, we came out with a score of 285.8, almost cracking 300. Um, North Alabama, very strong history, probably one of the best Division II. They were one of the best Division II teams in Division II basketball. Um, that's definitely a surprise for the Lions. Very good basketball team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. That's the list. Um, that is that is the list, uh, and that's who we got. Go check out these schools. Like, you know, here's, like I said, one of the goals of this was to kind of make people aware of this, but, like, go check out some of these Division Two and lower-end Division One teams and all the success and major history that they've had because they are unique. They put in a lot of work for, you know, teams that have low enrollment, low uh, budgeting for athletics and things like that. Uh, go out and support them because, like, you can be a fan of more than one team. You can go out and support Alabama and also be a fan of North Alabama or, you know, uh, Birmingham A&M. Southern. Do what? Alabama A&M. Yep. Speaking of next week, uh, when we do Arkansas, one of our top five coaches are going to be stopping by to talk with us about his team uh, when we run the numbers on Arkansas next week. So one of those coaches are going to come by and actually talk to us here on the show. Um, you'll know later when we get closer to showtime who that's going to be, but it is from a school with a national championship. Wonder what school that is, Maddie. <laughs> Who knows? I just know there's a head coach coming on this show, and his school has won a national championship in the past. I mean, what can I say? Uh, are we still counting this as year one, year one, year two? We're just starting to do big things, David. <laughs> it was funny trying to reach out for some of these histories. So it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. All right. Obviously, we'll be back next week talking more transport portal NBA news and all that good stuff. But, you know, we'll see what the next week holds ahead and uh, everything else. I'm going to go let Maddie eat dinner because she's got dinner reservations at 630 tonight somewhere in Fort Smith. Maddie, where are you going to eat dinner at? Uh, it's actually Van Buren. We're going to the vault. The vault? I've never heard of the vault. I'm it's, not from. So it's actually in, um, it's an old bank. It's that they've converted into a restaurant. It's a pretty cool place, but. Uh, one of my best friends, her daughter had surgery yesterday. She's finally filling up to getting out and about. So we're going to go have dinner, kind of celebrate a successful surgery and hopefully uh, get all healed up before basketball season starts. Because yeah. we may we may see her playing on the Lady Razorbacks in a couple, couple oh, of years. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the Vault. Go check it out. I think it's free advertising from us tonight. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> sounds like a good dinner to me. I'm going to go have leftover loaf and Joe's um, for my dinner tonight while I study for finals. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Love not loaf and Joe's is awesome. Ranch style chips. So good. So, so good. I used to buy those by the, like you could buy the pound bag. Mm-hmm. Every time we go to the lake, we'd stop at loaf and Joe's and get the pound of ranch chips and they would be gone between all of my family by the time we pulled back up to the dock. Yeah, be a lot of fun. All right. We will catch everybody next week. Please go check out all of our shows on VSN, including we have great content right now. We're out for the NBA playoffs, the NHL, uh, Stanley Cup chase, and every other thing you could want, including NBA, our NFL draft coverage, um, which, you know, you probably, you know, that's happening right now. But we'll go back and play. Get some, learn a little bit. And you go back in time, learn a little bit of these players. All right. Anyway, um, but yeah, there's a ton of coverage out there. 
um, coming out from DSN. Please check out the YouTube channel. Please go support our sponsors and everything else. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.